Welcome to another episode of the Music City Drive-In, brought to you by the Drive-In Podcast Network. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On today's episode, I sit down and talk to the writer of the upcoming Hulu original film, The Binge, Mr. Jordan Van Dyna. We talk about the inspiration behind the film, we talk about the film as a collective whole, and we talk about some of his upcoming projects. I hope you enjoy the interview. Uh, I'd like to welcome to the show the writer of the upcoming Hulu original film, The Binge, Jordan Van Dyna. I buried it anyway. There it is. There we go. Hey, Dinah. How are you today, buddy? I'm doing great. I uh, Everyone calls me Vandina, so I've learned to accept it, and I even tell people it's Vandina, usually. It's just easier. <laughs> yeah, it's like whenever I tell people my last name's Valero, they're like, but, uh, yeah, it's like, whatever. Just whatever you say, I'm going to just answer to. So People um, have a hard time with names, and I always, I'm terrible at doing that thing where I say, like, you know, people say V as in Victor or something. I, yeah. One time I said P as in piss when I was on the <laughs> phone with uh, the cable company. I've been embarrassed about it for the past like 15 years. I keep thinking about it. It's fantastic. I do the same thing because like I literally, whenever I work for a company that you have to like, you know, I give them my email address, right? So it's like B is a Victor, A is an Apple, L is yeah. a Larry, E is an everything. And you just keep going on. But yeah, that's hilarious. That's funny to me. Yeah. Um, first off, I, I before we talk about the film, I, I kind of wanted to kind of get your mind frame. What was your first memory of film as whenever you could think back? First memory of film. That's a great question. I, uh, I I was always allowed to see at any age like R-rated movies, and my parents just didn't care for some reason, which I think helped me in the long run. But I mean, my early early films. I remember seeing like Blank Check in the movie theaters. That's one of my first theater movies. But then I went straight into like Nightmare on Elm Street, and I remember watching Clerks when I was probably eight or nine. And then my dad was walking in when they were just talking about sucking 37 dicks. And he was just like, all right. Like, he didn't even care. It was very strange. And then I saw American Pie with my grandparents in the theaters, and I was probably nine or ten. So it's all molded me into into some kind of monster. That's fantastic. I have a funny uh, story. I took – you remember the movie Bruno, right? Yep, of course. I took, I took my mom to see that. So. Oh, wow. I remember, yeah, I saw that in a Long Island theater, and there were just so many naked men in it, and everyone was just like, oh my god, another dick. It was a great audience (laughs) reaction to see with a big crowd. Exactly. All right, so the next question, what made you want to get into film? Uh, I've just, I've always wanted to do it. I had a public access show in high school where I wrote and directed, like, uh, sketches, um, and yeah, I was, I was writing, editing, directing, and someone it was on every thursday at 10 30 on public access and i met a guy at an airport who was like hey you have that public access show it was fucking terrible and i was like 13 and this guy was just talking shit to my face and ever since then i was like this is it now i want to be talk shit too for the rest of my life <laughs> that's fair that's fantastic 13 years old and get yeah. talked to like here <laughs> i learned young <laughs> that's fantastic so whenever if you ever have a movie that bombs you're just like eh, whatever i've been dealing with this since i was 13 you know yeah I mean, it's, it's just uh, that's what it is of course i'm expecting the critics to go uh wild on this one in a, in a bad way for all the vulgarity <laughs> so we'll see but uh, you liked it and that's all that matters exactly i like that it's this is like an ego striking i like that i like yeah. to see you love it and yeah your so opinion obviously- is the only one that matters to me that's fantastic. So, of course, the binge is about uh, a day set in a time where all drugs and alcohol are illegal. It reminds you, obviously, a little bit of the purge. Well, obviously, minus the murdering part. Um, was yeah. that kind of the inspiration behind the film? Can you take us behind your idea of the film? Did you get the idea from that, or was it something that you had way back? 
Win. Yeah, no, I I mean, oftentimes, like most great artists, I'm sure I start with the title first. So I I had never seen The Purge, but I saw the trailer and I liked the trailers. And I was like, well, you got The Purge. What about The Binge? And what will be a comedy spin on that? Um, because I had this website called Weekend Scripts where I would write parody scripts and just post them online for like IP I didn't own. So I did Fast 9, The Fast and the Fuhrer, where they went back to race Hitler. Um, oh, and those yeah, were going fantastic. viral. But I knew I couldn't sell any of those. So it was like, can I do one of these that I can try and actually make into a movie? And that's where this came about. That's fantastic. Um, for me, I, I love the writing of Principal Carlson, obviously played by Vince Vaughn, who knocked the role out of the ballpark. Um, I just thought he was very funny. It's it's very different. Now, obviously, I don't want to get too spoilerly, as a lot of people haven't seen it, but um, you know, it'll release in time for it. But like he played this kind of different party pooper. And as obviously we continue to progress throughout the film, we see his character develop. What was kind of your idea? Is there somebody that you had in mind when you wrote that role? Or was it just something that just kind of went with what you were writing? Well, the role was much different when I originally wrote the script. It was sort of just a strict principle. And then once Jeremy said, well, the director, Jeremy Gerlich said, I, I know Vince well, maybe he'll do it, maybe not, but we'll send him the script. I sort of tailored that role to be a little crazier and more in the voice of Vince. So when he was reading it, he'd be like, oh, I can see myself playing this. And then he read it. He said he really liked it. And uh, I mean, really only because of Jeremy, he did it, but he did like the script. And then pretty much every night before we shot his scenes, we'd sit together and he would just go on riffs and improv and I would just write down all his improvs and it just ended up being 50,000 times funnier than what was on the script. So basically he wrote his own role, essentially. That's fantastic. So take me behind, what was it like? I mean, Vince Vaughn for me is hilarious. He's got a lot of different um, funny movies, ones that kind of are quirky random. Like the, one of my favorite movies of Vince Vaughn is like The Internship. I think it's hilarious. Yep. Um, it's one of my all time favorite comedies of his. What was it like working with Vince Vaughn? I mean, you know, it's, I'm sure it was maybe like a dream come true or like a, you know, one of those cool things that happened. Oh, it was insane. I mean, even the first time he called me after he read the script, I was like, this is voice is so iconic. This is crazy that it's coming out of the phone. Like, it's just, you know, the voice so well. And then in Syracuse, like they're not shooting a lot of movies there. So when you're walking around with Vince Vaughn, people notice and that voice like echoes through the hotel. People are asking, can you come crash my wedding? I mean, that this is just his life. But he was uh, the best. He couldn't have been nicer. We sat around and talked after shooting and he was telling me all the wedding crasher stories. And, you know, he just wanted to hang out. It wasn't ever like I got I'm going in. I'm too famous. He was just totally normal guy. Went to eat food with him. We saw the Joker together. Had a blast. What, what did he what did, well, what did you guys think of the Joker? Oh, we we loved it. I mean, he knows he knows Todd. So he has to say he loves it. But uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was great. I mean, it was uh, but it was just so it's so weird going somewhere with someone that famous. Like they didn't even look at our tickets. They were just like, oh, my God, that's Vince Vaughn. And you just <laughs> never think about that. Like being that famous is so crazy. And he just lives his life like that. That's fantastic. Okay, so obviously I kind of hyped this up a little bit off the air, but uh, I really want to talk about it. There's a we get to a pivotal scene where we have it to me. It's kind of typical in like a comedy like this, you know, it's super bad where we have a rift between the friends, right? Yeah. Okay, and and we see this in a lot of films, but for me, and I and I say this wholeheartedly, this follow up was one of the greatest pieces of writing and comedy ever. Oh, okay. Man. Please take me behind the brilliant idea of turning this into a musical number. 
well, it was it's exactly what you said. Me and Jeremy were talking and we were like, well, we know we have to do this rift between friends. Every movie does it. But how can we do it in a way that's completely different and also plays into the drug stuff? And we at some point just came up with, well, wouldn't it be funny if it's just a full on Broadway musical where they can state their problems, state what they're going to do next and just you say it all, but you're doing it in a musical. So it's fun and you're not just shooting exposition at people. So, uh, yeah. And the song is insanely catchy. Thanks to uh, the writers, uh, Matt Bowen. Uh, it's just such a good song. I just listen to it on my own constantly. I did. I had it stuck in my head. I was just, I, I literally, I was watching it for the first time and I literally just stopped what I was doing, rewound it just to watch that scene. It's so funny. It's so different. You know what I mean? It's so different and unique. And I think that's a lot of this stuff that kind of, you know, you know, makes it different because there's a lot of one-liners that, you know, kind of stand out to you. You know what I mean? There's a, you know, that's, it's, it's kind of typical in films, you know, you have yeah. to have like comedy, the one-liners, but a lot of, I would say 90% of them land versus don't. And when you get to the scene, you're built up. Obviously, we have a lot of things kind of going on throughout the film. But you just have this lighthearted, crazy musical number out of left field. And it was it, it felt nice to have something different. And obviously, in a time where there's a lot of remakes and a lot of redundancy. And you're right. When you get to that scene where it's like, all right, cool, we got the rift. But what's next? And yeah, exactly. you have that musical number, you know what I'm saying? And it's, uh, yeah, I wish you could hear the original version because the first version they recorded, I think, was like 13 minutes and had a rap battle in it. And it had all this. It was just like so insanely long. And we just called everyone in the office to listen to the whole thing. And you just like at first you're really excited. And then it hits like minute nine. And people are <laughs> like, are we are we really still listening to this song at nine minutes? So it's good. I think we kept it to a tight two and a half or something. But somewhere out there is a 15 minute version of it. I need that, like, on the, uh, if they ever come out with, like, a DVD, I need this on a DVD. The extended cut has the 15-minute version on this. The uh, Criterion Collection. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> I was going to say Criterion. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. That'll be exciting. It's funny. So, take me, was there, this movie, obviously, is is rated R, you know what I mean? It's, it's like, it's, you know, super rated R and stuff like that. Um was that the intent from the get-go? Did you have any kind of blowback with some of the scenes that you had written? Uh, not really. I mean, yeah, it was always intended to be rated R. Um, Hulu didn't really have too many notes. They were pretty cool about letting us do everything for the most part. I know Jeremy, that uh, Tootsie Roll scene, he wanted it to be a, uh, a human centipede scene. And I think that was the only thing where they were like, well, we don't really want a human centipede in this movie. Um, so we did the, uh, the toned down version, which was the Siamese Tootsie Roll. But other than that, they pretty much let us do whatever we wanted, which was pretty cool. Yeah, we talked a little bit about working with a lot of the cast that was uh, in Booksmart. Um, talk to me about working with some of these kids. Obviously, some of these are younger kids, you know what I mean? What was that like? It was really cool. I mean, again, it was weird because we were in Syracuse and like all living in houses like as neighbors and it just felt like we were at like summer camp or something. Whereas if you were in LA, everyone goes to their own houses and has their own friends there. We were just hanging out every day for six weeks. So, I mean, you really got to know the people and the crew and all the actors and everyone was great. There was no one, uh, no one that gave us any trouble. Everyone seemed happy to me. Uh, but you know, I'm the writer, so no one's really coming to me with their problems. <laughs> um, so for me as a collective whole, what is, I, it's, I like to ask this question to anybody that, that does. What do you want people to kind of take away from this film? 
it's a it's a something we talked about a lot. It's a it's weird because people are always like, well, do you are you saying you're pro drug or you're anti drug? And it's like we we really didn't want to say any message with this. We were just like, oh, there's so many messages out there. Let's just go in and make a movie about friendship and high school and getting the girl and being legendary and all that. And hopefully at the end, you feel good enough that you can put a donut on an alligator's head next to Vince Vaughn. And that's the real <laughs> theme of the movie is uh, getting to put an alligator, a donut on an alligator's head. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's no overarching theme that we wanted to get across. Really just, I mean, like all these movies, they're about friendship and, you know, navigating your way through the end of high school. Absolutely. Um, okay, so I was kind of looking, I was doing some digging, um, and I kind of saw that you are writing a couple episodes for the upcoming updated version of the 90s animated show Animaniacs. Oh, yeah. I how did that come about? I actually met the writer's assistant, Brad, on Twitter. This is years ago. And um, we were having a beer. We met offline. This is what your parents tell you never to do. I met him somewhere. And he was like, oh, I'm working on Animaniacs, and we're looking for a writer. Do you want to send me a sample? So I sent him Fast 9, The Fast and the Fuhrer. He sent it to his boss, Wellesley Wilde, who's the showrunner. Also, he wrote the TED movies. Um, he loved it and then sent it to Amblin. They approved it. And then, uh, yeah, I've been writing on it since late 2018. So we're, we're deep, deep in the writing. It's, it's coming out this year from the, what I, from what I heard, right? Yeah. November 20th, I think on Hulu. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, that's exciting. Good. That's yeah. exciting. You know what I mean? It's, it's something, you know, and, and going into it, you're obviously, you're doing like an updated version of it. Um, Take me behind the idea of like trying to not going into detail, obviously, but like kind of like trying to refresh it, but at the same time, stay true to its original self. Right. Yeah, it's it's hard because I mean, all of us were fans of the original. So I think we're very conscious of like, what do people like and what should we change? What should we keep? How do we make it current? And there's stuff like, you know, the Hello Nurse, if you go back and watch it, just feels super dated. So it's like, how do we update that? And everyone's always thinking like, well, the old fans have got to watch this and then new fans have to watch it. So how do we please everybody? And I, I, you assume everyone's going to be pissed off at some point, but I think we're doing a pretty good job. And Spielberg's very involved. He's reading it all. And so it's cool to just be working with a guy like that. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Right. People have heard of him. <laughs> yeah. He's just, a, you know, he's a little known guy. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, okay, so obviously we are in a very interesting uh, stage of the society right now, right? Obviously, this would probably be a little bit different for you, you know, promoting a movie instead of being out somewhere. You're kind of, you know, I'm sure you're going to be stuck, you know, at the house or whatever and stuff like that. So for me, like, what is you? What have you done to kind of keep yourself be kind of creative during this time right now? I uh, I I. Pretty much I'm doing what I was always doing, which is just sitting around and tweeting all day. Uh, so that's <laughs> most of my day. But yeah, I'm, I'm just writing stuff on spec. And you assume that hopefully uh, movies will go back into production. And I, I sold a movie before the pandemic to Netflix called Cocaine Hippos. So hopefully we can shoot that at some point when uh, this is all over. But who knows? Maybe it'll never be over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, give me some ideas, like some of the stuff that you've kind of watched in the quarantine that you've really liked. What have I been watching? Oh, well, mostly I spend my weeks watching 90 Day Fiance. I don't know if you've ever seen it. <laughs> it's, it's funny. I have a buddy of mine. We, you know, that writes for our website. He just... 
He literally just today released an article. He's, he's, a, he's an older guy and he loves, he's like, you know what? I have to be honest with you, Ricky. I really need to write a piece. And he's like, it's about a show that my wife got me to watch. He says, but I have to be honest. I really have to admit that it, I really love the show. And he's like, he watched, he wrote a whole entire review, uh, article about 90 Day Fiance the other way. Uh, it, it takes over your life. Like I'm, I'm watching the other way. I'm watching Happily Ever After. I'm watching Pillow Talk. It's like, 18 hours a week and I can't stop. So that's taking up all of my viewing and I don't watch anything else. And I love it. It's the best show maybe ever made. <laughs> I love it. I love the random, like the just random fact of it's just, it's the most random show. It, like he literally, I read his review and I was like, or his article. I was like, man, I, I kind of want to watch this. It sounds, it sounds bad, but like also at the same time, it sounds really good. Yeah, no, I could write like a college thesis on it about why it's, the perfect show i just want to watch it and talk about it and write about it that's what i'm going to do for the rest of my career probably <laughs> just gonna write uh there's the next there's the next year version of the bit it's like the 90 day fiance version of just like a movie version you know what i mean that would be a dream uh, <laughs> but other than that what have i been watching i watched ozark i really liked that um, so good is there any good comedies out i i watched some of solar opposites i thought that was funny um oh that, did you watch, yeah. did you watch palm springs did you like that yep great eurovision really liked it um there was another comedy that came out that was funny uh was it netflix i don't know what else what else has hit lately it's so hard to keep up it, there's so much right there's so much streaming it's like you can have too much you not too much or or anything like that any plans to seeing tenant uh it, no i have no plans. oh yeah i forgot you're i forgot you're in california right yeah you can't even go to a restaurant so i don't think there's gonna be a movie theater opening but i would see it if if given the chance I'm excited about it as well. Um, can you just give us some plugs before we go here, man? Uh, where can we find you on Twitter um, and stuff like that? I'm at, at Jordan Van Dyna on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, you could read all those uh, free scripts I was talking about at weekendscripts.com. They just, uh, they're all Fast 9, Fast and the Fuhrer. I wrote one about the Fire Festival. They're all up there. Go wild. I, I literally wrote that down at the beginning of this thing just so I can go read this one because I'm so excited to read that. Oh, great. <laughs> you know, we did a live read once that's not, it wasn't filmed, unfortunately, but Nick Kroll played Hitler, Jason Manzoukas played Vin Diesel, Lance Reddick played Tyrese. It was insane. It was the best show of all time. Oh, God, I need this filmed. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm so angry that it wasn't filmed by anyone, but at least I have the memory. Oh, man, that's fantastic, man. Thank you so much for joining us, man. And Thanks we'll talk to you guys later. Bye.